When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome in to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I'm Jay Zawoski. With me here in studio, Mario Cherubasi. Our buddy Greg Boyson is at the United Center. He will join us shortly after the Hawks fall 3-0 to the Detroit Red Wings. Mm. Uh, in a game that's going to look like a lot of games are going to look this year. Similar. Uh, yeah. Through 40 minutes, we were calling it the Alex Stalock game, and then the wheels sort of came off uh, in the third. But look, if you watch this game on TV, you were treated to Patrick Sharp, which is never a bad thing. Um, but this is how you can expect Hawks games to look this year. And Obviously, the Hawks did not have a full-strength roster, it was Jonathan Taves, it was Lucas Reichel, and a bunch of fourth liners, mm-hmm. basically. Um, Detroit had some of their better players in. They had a better lineup again. But as the season goes on and the Hawks are playing at full strength and their opponents are doing the same, you're going to see some games. This this Hawks team is gritty. They're scrappy. The system will keep them in games. They just don't have the firepower to match up with pretty much anyone in hockey so you're gonna have these frustrating nights where they play okay when you watch you're not angry they're not pissing you off but it's just the pucks are not going in they just don't have the talent and games like tonight are what a lot of the games in 2022 23 are gonna look like yeah I I think once you stack up rosters full full strength all your all your NHL players on the same team at once for the Blackhawks against pretty much every team in the NHL besides maybe the Coyotes, <laughs> um, you're going to be outmatched. And, yeah, I mean, for, for for tonight at least, like you said, it was basically Taze and Reichel and Dylan Sakura were your most skilled forwards. That's not great. Everything else, every, every other player uh, for the forward group was basically just someone who's fighting f- to not be in the AHL. And, yeah, I mean, it's... They were physical. It was, yeah. you know, Alex Stalock had a had a great game uh, by 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 all accounts. It's just there's only so much he can do, especially or, or even just in a preseason. There's only so much that he can do. Like this guy's played one NHL game in the last two calendar right. years. Uh, so it's 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 not something that you know you're you're gonna have a guy like a Mark Andre Fleury or anything like that come and steal a game. Like you can get a quality effort out of Alex Stalock, and he's still gonna give up two three goals. 
and it's a it's a it's a point we talked about um, on uh, yesterday with our crossover episode. The the firepower is just not there for the Blackhawks to, you know, outscore teams right. on a nightly basis. And and even when you get a really good goalie performance, where you know it's 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 one or two goals given up on. 30 40 plus shots whatever it ends up being would they have enough to force overtime or 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 to get a win more often than not no they're yeah. not so yeah i mean it's 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 tough uh you never like losing to the red wings whether it's a regular season preseason playoffs or whatever um but i think you kind of just you, you look at it and this is like you said before uh before we went on the air here this is a good practice for us in picking out the positives yes. out of the heap that this game ended up being. Yeah, and there were some positives. And uh, the guy I want to start with tonight, and I'm, I'm sure his name will come up when we do our uh, fourth start of the game later on, uh, is Boris Kachuk. And it's a guy I called out for his performance in the last game. He was an absolute non-factor mm-hmm. in the last game he played. Tonight, he was one of the better Blackhawks, but takes a puck on the foot and goes back to the locker room so that's not great, but it was good to see him kind of get the message that, hey, I need to compete. I need to earn a job here. I've got to make my presence more uh, felt, mm-hmm. and he absolutely did that. I thought he had a good game. Jujar Kara continues to impress me in the preseason. He looks to be in great shape. He looks to be motivated. He's going to get more chances uh, this year with probably some better players because he's going to be on the roster. Um, so I think he stood out. I like Jack Johnson's game. So I yeah. just had some stability back there with a bunch of young defensemen. Um, you know, there were, and like you said, Alex Taylock played well for the better part of 40 minutes, and it just got away from him. So, look, there's going to be these positive takeaways as the season goes on. And, again, I, I find it hard watching this game. I was there at the United Center for the first two periods, then came back here to our studios for the third, and it's just they're competing they're playing hard. For the most part, they're in the right places. They're doing the right things. It's just a talent issue. Mm-hmm. And I hope that when guys, when fans watch this team this year, they recognize what they're seeing, right? Everyone knows it's a rebuild. Everyone knows they're going to be bad. But I don't think, say for a game, of course there's going to be, every team goes through this every year, an 8 nothing loss or we're, sure, yeah. the wheels fall off. But for the most part, they're going to be competitive in the games they play. They're going to lose the vast majority of them, but I hope it makes it more enjoyable and more palatable for Hawks fans this year because it's not going to look like the Jeremy Cowan Blackhawks. There were there were times in the last few seasons, and especially at the beginning of last year, where you could you could see as you're watching the game the body language. Yep. Of of the team, especially when when before Colleton was fired, those first 12, 13 games, whatever it was, you could see those last few games that were coached by him. Just the body language of of most of the team, and especially guys, uh, you know, some of the star players like Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane, like you could see it on their face and the way that you know uh, they, they come off the ice and they're just it's just it just looks like they're you know what going through the motions and and the the fire of that game wasn't there for them and I think this roster is is as Kyle Davidson has has put his stamp on it is going to be like hey we might be out down three nothing three one four one whatever it is but you're still going to get the the top competitiveness the you know the the 
the GAF meter is going to stay high with this team as a yeah. whole, which is what you want to see. You don't want to see players checking out, especially uh, in a season that you know is going to be full of tough games. Yeah. I think you said it well yesterday on our crossover podcast. That we had a lot of people listen to that, by the way. Got a lot of, yeah. got a lot of feedback on that episode. That was fun. Um, you said that there were moments last year where you'd be like, the Hawks are going to get scored on in five, four, three. Like You could feel that. Oh, yeah. Like it, You knew it was coming. I'll say this, though. Here's, here's a, a bit of a concern. We're in preseason game three. The compete level's good. The spirit's good. The locker room feels good. After 20... 30, 40 games of losing, you know, two out of three or two out of four games every mm-hmm. week, will that compete level stay? Yeah. Will they stay motivated to play hard and compete in every game? That, to me, is going to be the biggest challenge for Luke Richardson and his staff is, guys, I know this sucks. I know it's hard. I know you're not being rewarded for the effort you're putting out there, and we get it, but you've got to finish the season strong. That is... Look, anyone who's ever been an athlete at any level knows how hard it is to be on a losing team. As, yep. as badly as you want to play. As, I, look, I coach softball. And, and when uh, the teams I've coached have been bad, it's tough. Mm-hmm. And coaches, and then when a team's good, it's really fun, and you look forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> at any level, you know, it's, it's difficult. So that's going to be the thing to keep an eye on. Aside from... The growth of the individual players, specifically the young guys, yeah. you're going to want to watch how is the compete level sustained and maintained through the course of 82 games. Yeah, and it seems like Luke Richardson right off the bat knows that that's going to be a big uh, big challenge for him um, this season, among many challenges. But it really seems like, you know, from, from what we've known about him, um, as a coach, it seems like that is something that he is actually really good at is, yeah. is keeping teams, uh, you know, engaged, keeping, keeping the players, you know, spirits high when things aren't, you know, going their way. So, yeah, I, I, I think it seems like the, the majority of players that you can kind of figure are probably going to be NHL regulars this year. Most of them, I think you can say that they're, they're the character that they play with is something that Kyle Davidson has, has really tried to change with the roster moves he's done the character that they play with has that like inherent competitiveness where you're not really going to have too many guys that may be looking for the door even when when things are hard um you know you 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 have a guy like jack johnson who has gone through a lot of different challenges in his in his career uh with some teams that were pretty bad and he's coming off of playing with the stanley cup champion colorado avalanche um, and so I, I, I wonder what his mentality will be like if it's, you know, the writing is on the wall this year is going to not end up the way it did last year for him, but he could be in a position where if he's, if he continues to, you know, have that spirit of like playing for a, a cup contender, he'll then eventually potentially be moved to a team that's going to mm-hmm. be yep. playing for a cup contender. And I think there are some players on this, on this roster this year who maybe the motivation isn't necessarily, oh, I need to, um, you know, I, I, I need to stay engaged for this Blackhawks team. It could be, I need to stay engaged so I'm continuing to put out good tape so other teams may be interested in me at the trade deadline or at some point through the season where maybe a, maybe a more competitive team wants my services. And then it's just like, that's my motivation. 
another element to that situation is when you look at the veterans that Davidson brought in with um, with uh, Stalock mm-hmm. and with Mrazek and with Jack Johnson, character, yeah, good locker room guys, and while we've seen Jonathan Taves pouting, and we've yeah. seen Patrick Kane non-committal, those guys realize Davidson Richardson. We got to bring in some guys here that are going to be positive influences on this room and not get pissed off and not be like, I think Jonathan Taves' personality is just so competitive that he can't accept, accept losing under any circumstance, mm-hmm. which is why we love him, right? Yeah. But it's going to be, if he's pouty and he's feeling crappy as years going on, it's going to make things really, really tough. In the locker room, because that is the biggest presence in the room. Mm-hmm. That personality can bring down the entire thing. And I'm not saying he's doing it. I'm not saying he's going to do it. But it's something that I think Davidson has tried to do a good job of of protecting them against by having Johnson and Staylock yeah. and guys who are in there, smiles on their face, happy to talk, happy to, you know, they've had great careers. They know they're at the end and they're just trying to enjoy what's left. I think having some positive message veteran, and Tyler Johnson, I think, is another one. He was brought in by he who shall not be named. Mm-hmm. But I think that's another guy who uh, is a generally positive influence in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Those guys are going to be integral to keeping this thing afloat uh, emotionally yeah. this season. So well, and, th- and that's, that's going to be the thing to really pay attention to. And Tyler Johnson... Um at uh, at practice on Friday, spoke about the the, the mentality of the locker room uh, compared to last season, and he said it was just like you know obviously there's a lot of different reasons why it's better starting this year than it was at this point uh, last season, but he said you know it's just it's it's positive guys are guys are in a better mood mm-hmm. there's more smiles there's more you know you know it's more jovial uh, word of the day there but. Um, yeah, I think I think Johnson is is one of those guys, especially last year where he missed so much time because of injury. Just him personally being healthy, being able to be a part of the team, that's going to make a bigger impact uh, on 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 the locker room, and and he'll be able to probably be more of a contributor uh, this season than he was uh, even when he was available last season, um, which would which you know is is a good thing. And and yeah, I think you know Luke Richardson has said that he. You know, he knows that Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane are the biggest voices, biggest names in the locker room. It's where a lot of people are going to look to for, you know, leadership in the locker room. But you also have guys like Connor Murphy and Seth Jones who are in interesting situations of their of, of their own where Seth Jones has said, well, yeah, I didn't sign up for a rebuild, but I'm here now. So yep. I'm going to try and make the best of it. And Connor Murphy, who's been, you know, a, a long time, uh, you know, leader in, in locker rooms, both in, in, in Arizona um, and you know, now here in Chicago, the last few years he's been here, but he's a guy who like, maybe he's here, maybe he's not like, right. it's, it's, yep. it's, it's interesting to see, um, it, it will be very interesting to see where this team sits that, you know, first week of March, who's left on the roster and who are the leaders of that group at that time. Maybe Patrick Kane and, or Jonathan Taze are still here. Uh, Seth Jones, all likelihood is still here mm-hmm. but it's just going to be very interesting to see like who are the voices when this season ends got some nice comments in the chat i wanted to address uh real quick um 
I know uh, Region Rev and the Dash Law had some nice things to say. Um, Dash Law says the crew is giving you their time on Saturday night. Hit the like button for them. Thank you. And uh, Region Revs have huge pops, props to the crew. Uh, not only I lost it. There we go. Not only that, but during the off season they rolled. Uh, look, we love doing this. Like we're not yeah. uh, we're not like oh I gotta go to work. I gotta go to the Hawks game. I gotta go talk about it. We love doing this. But really, if you are enjoying it and you're watching on YouTube, smash that like button for us. It's super helpful. If you just get in the habit of if you're tuned into a CHGO show, as soon as you click the link. Also hit that like button. It helps us all out big time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what else helps us out big time? We've got our next CHGO Bears tailgate coming up. November 6th, Bears Dolphins. Oh, yeah. You've probably seen on social media at CHGO underscore sports the video footage of our first tailgate, which I had high expectations for. Yeah. And then I arrived and I was like, oh, my God, this is legit. <laughs> like, food trucks and a dj and giveaways and there were 200 people there Mm -hmm. and then more food came and there were donuts and beer and booze and it was just phenomenal and that's the first one we Mm -hmm. ever did it's only going to get better listen to this 34 dollars gets you four hours of a tailgate unlimited food unlimited drink whatever you want opens at 8 a.m it's on the corner of michigan and roosevelt prime it's a good real location. Estate. Yeah. Walking distance from the stadium, Soldier Field. You can get there in a heartbeat. It's great. You don't need a ticket to the game to attend a tailgate. Just go to allchgo.com, purchase your tickets there. It's all run through Eventbrite, which is great and secure and wonderful. Mm-hmm. 34 bucks for four hours of unlimited food and drink. Great food. It was a taco truck last time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely wonderful. We had breakfast tacos. Then as the day went on, normal lunch normal tacos. tacos. Yep, yep. It was just such a wonderful time to hang out with everybody. The entire CHGO crew is out there. So make sure you join us at our next tailgate. Again, that is November 6th, Sunday, against the Dolphins, 8 a.m. till noon in the parking lot on Michigan and Roosevelt. Again, don't need a ticket to the game, but get that game time app and get yourself a ticket there you go and you will save big time there were, uh, with the uh, game time there were a few people that were uh checking out the game time yeah. app at, when we were wrapping things up with the tailgate they're like oh well, that's, that's a good price on a ticket great and prices yep. decided to go to the game so yeah check uh check check that game time app out um on uh, november 6th and yeah I, the, the the ticket to the uh tailgate also gets you parking mm-hmm. uh from 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 you know, right in that location uh, to have parking for the game. Listen, you get four hours of a tailgate. You get your food and your booze of choice uh, taken care of. You have a great atmosphere. You have, uh, we had, a, you know, people tossing around the football. Uh, we had a couple bags set up, DJ, all that good stuff. Uh, November 6th might need a little, uh, some, some outdoor heaters, but I'm sure that'll be, uh, that, that'll be no problem. Um, and you get parking taken care of for 34 bucks. Like that is a fantastic deal. You might spend 40 bucks on parking alone trying to go to, to, to soldier field. So to get that, to get, and to get the entire tailgate experience and to hang out with us, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a good time. So yeah, I will, uh, I will definitely, uh, be going out to the November 6th, uh, tailgate had a great time. Yeah. After all that, uh, unlimited booze for four hours, you're going to need to clean up that gut. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was definitely uh, necessary on uh, on Monday morning. Tacos, for sure. beer, 
we have a barrel of fireball. Yeah, I, I stayed away from the fireball. I've uh, yeah, fireball and me. Um, we've 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 had our time, but uh, that that time has passed. We 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 nod hello and and keep on walking past each other on the street. Um, but yes, uh, recovering from from a a good Sunday tailgate. Uh, you're gonna need some athletic greens and the AG1 formula designed to improve your gut health, optimize your immune system, and give you more natural energy. Uh, what helps you in curing those uh, Sunday mm -hmm. uh, tailgate hangovers is uh, good greens. And in AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that help you start or even finish your day right. And if you have different dietary restrictions or follow different diets for whatever reason, if it's gluten-free or dairy-free or keto, vegan, whatever it is, uh, you're e it's easy to incorporate AG1 into those diets. Uh, it's a small once-a-day habit with big benefits, and it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition right now. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash chgoblackhawks. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash chgoblackhawks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Yes, do that. All right, Greg's going to join us as soon as Luke Richardson speaks. He'll jump on after that. Uh, let's get into the game a little bit more. We just did sort of get off on like a big picture, bit of a tangent um, and, and lost focus on the game a little bit, which is fine because it's preseason and who cares. Um, <laughs> Lucas Reichel played in this I game. I care. <laughs> and you might have missed it. Not a ton from Reichel. Uh, he played 13-36. He had two shots on goal. He had one hit. He won one face-off and lost two. Kind of a non-factor. And I was talking to Greg as we were sitting there at the United Center, just saying, like, we still have not seen that game or that shift or that whatever where Lucas Reichel has taken control mm -hmm. and has shown himself to be the level of prospect he is. Now, I want to make sure I'm being clear here. I'm not, like, changing my mind on Lucas Reichel. I still think he's going to be a really good player. But it just, listening to a couple things this week, I listened to Laz and Powers driving home from practice yesterday, and they are insistent that Lucas Reichel is going to Rockford mm -hmm. to start the season. And as disappointing as that is as a fan, because you kind of want that cookie. You kind of want that young player to watch play uh, for entertainment's sake, to have a glimpse into the future. But I remember this was a big conversation on the score back when Chris Bryant was, they're talking about calling him up at the end of the year. And yeah. Theo Epstein and Dan McNeil is the one who used the term cookie. Give the fans a cookie. He said, we're not preparing. We don't want to give them a cookie. We want to give them a whole meal, mm -hmm. right? We want to have the whole meal prepared before we put it out on the table. And I think that that might be the wise move with Reichel. Because you saw him with an opportunity as one of the more skilled Blackhawks to showcase that a little bit tonight. Had a great scoring chance set up by Kurashev. Went to the backhand, put it on target. Ned just made a great save. Props to Lucas Reichel. That was really the only time I noticed him all night. Yeah. And a lot of that play was Philip Kurashev making a great play and a great read. I, I think, I'm still saying, if it was up to me, he would play this entire season in Chicago. Mm -hmm. I don't know what more there is to prove in Rockford, but I get the patience thing, and maybe just maybe they want to have him go and dominate in Rockford a little bit. Then when they call him up, 
That's it. Mm-hmm. No more yo-yo, no more up and down. Once he's in Chicago, he's in Chicago, and that's the end of it. Maybe that's the right thing to do. Yeah, I, I, I am on the same boat of I don't think there's anything more he needs to prove at the AHL level. I think he's proven uh, through last year as a teenager being a point-per-game player that, hey, uh, I'm fine here. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm probably ready for the next level. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think we, we've talked about it uh, all training camp. And I think it's still, <clears throat> it's still what we're kind of holding on to is that Lucas Reichel would kind of have to play himself out of the top thirteen forwards in this on this team to not be on the opening night roster. But yeah, I mean, the, the more you know, the more you 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 read about it, you hear about it, see about it from other people. Um, you know, talking with 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 uh, Luke Richardson, it, it kind of seems like he's not really as committed to being like, yeah, like give me Lucas Reichel to to have on this team. Yeah. It really does seem like, you know, the, the the plan is trending towards him starting the year in Rockford and if it were up to me, he would he would start the season and and play the entire season in Chicago because uh, I've said it before, you don't know exactly how much time you still have with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze. Yeah. And I think on the ice and off the ice it would be beneficial for Lucas Reichel to be around those two players. Great point. Uh, to to play with two guys that are you know these these generational pillars of the organization and still pretty highly skilled, especially Patrick Kane, um, and to be able to kind of bring him along to the NHL level with those two guys there, um, as well as you know a few other players that that would be beneficial to to, to play with. But to the point you just made about dominating at the AHL level if they're going to shelter him from the majority of the suck this year at the NHL level <laughs> and say, Hey, help this Rockford team be really good and be, uh, be a, a playmaker, a offensive play driver, um, you know, lead the team in points or whatever at some, at, at, at some point or all season um, and help some of these younger players build confidence. And then, yeah, maybe in January or February or March, you, you head up to the NHL finish the NHL season and then you know who knows what happens there if he gets pulled back for the AHL playoffs if Rockford does that well um who knows but yeah I, I think there's value to that of of a young player being able to continue to dominate at that level and we talk about it a bunch with like these junior players like Kevin Korchinski for example going back to the WHL going back to Seattle and being just an absolute monster in the WHL great that's great for him there's no need for him to hang around on this NHL roster, which could have happened under a previous general manager. Mm-hmm. So if if Reichel is going to go down to Rockford, if he's going to start the year there, and if he's you know another another point per game pace or better, that's great. Build up his confidence, build up the confidence of the of the Ice Hogs around him, and then at some point though, I'm still at some point though, you still have to get him up to the Blackhawks because yeah. if you if you pull him up in like late March or April for 15 games or something. What, you know, what's the point of that? Yeah. You want to play in something that you can at least like, if you squint real hard, you can call it meaningful. Right. Like before they're completely eliminated, before they're completely out of the picture, which isn't going to be long, honestly. And before the roster is decimated too. Yeah. Like, don't be like, Oh, we just traded in this last month. We've traded a uh, half dozen players, and now we're going to pull people up from Rockford. It's like, all right, well, yeah. Now you're basically you're like, going half half ice hogs. Yeah, but if we're looking yeah. at like Christmas, 
for Reichel. Sure, I'm bored with that. That'd be fine. That's but nice then, not, but present. then, don't just keep jerking him around. Like, right. That's call that's, him up, leave him up. That's the thing. Yeah, you don't want. He doesn't need to 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 you know go do the back and forth down I ninety. Once <laughs> once he's here, yeah. keep him here. We should have known that he was not destined for the Blackhawks when we go into the locker room at fifth third, and Lucas Reichel's locker. He's at the makeshift locker. He's got like yeah. the literally the uh, the 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 iron wire uh, shelf you buy at Costco. <laughs> yeah, that you keep in your garage. That's his locker. Yeah, he's not have a proper locker. Um, yeah, that, for a first that was first round pick. They're not giving him a real locker. It might Come be on. one of those. We got to send this kid a message and let him <laughs> yeah. know, you know, where he stands. Knock him down kind a of peg. Thing. Yeah, uh, not that he's a ego or anything, but. I'm like, I got the hiccups. Jeez. I just realized, like, wait a minute. Lucas Reichel is sitting in a wrought iron locker. Yeah. Where Buddy Robinson's got his own thing. Yeah. <laughs> right next to Garrett Mitchell. Yeah, it was it was yeah. kind of interesting. You, that 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 might, you know, that might uh show you the the idea of where he's gonna be if he's if his locker, his makeshift locker is right next to the Ice Hogs captain's makeshift locker. Yeah, and Dr. Horror Show, who's been uh, uh, yes. active on the chat, thank you. He says, Why are they sending down Korchinski? I understand leave him to develop, but he was flowing well. I understand it's preseason, but the kid has confidence. I think he can stay afloat. See, this is the thing. Yeah. And I've talked to several scouts. Actually, I started having these conversations about Henry Okaharu years ago. I started reaching out to scouts being like, why are we not really seeing a jump in his game? Right? Like, he's this first-round pick. He's supposed to be this really good young defenseman. And you're like, he is so desperately just trying to hold his own and, and, and not – fail and not make mistakes that he's barely staying afloat and, and that's the word you use dr horror show is is i think he can stay afloat the idea for korchinski is to come up here and dominate and come up here and be ready remember duncan keith brent seabrook played multiple ahl seasons before coming to chicago needed time there's no reason for kevin korchinski to come up here and this is another cookie situation mm -hmm. right like Prepare the whole meal. Make sure when Korchinski comes up, he's ready to go. He's going to play junior this year. Maybe at the end of the year, he comes up and plays a couple games for Rockford, mm. right? Or maybe they throw him a bone like they did with Vlasic and give him a few NHL games, hopefully not to burn the contract. Yeah. But, like, I, 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 you got to – I know it's hard. As a fan, I'm excited. I see Korchinski like, damn, the kid looks awesome. I've said on every show so far – that he, I think he's already one of their six best defensemen. Yeah, I believe that. But just let him go, light up the 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 uh, Western Hockey League, mm -hmm. be a superstar, win an MVP, whatever it whatever it takes yeah. for him to, to to have a great season in Seattle, and then evaluate. There's no need to rush any of these guys this season. At the NHL level, is basically meaningless. And I think when you see the opening night lineup. It's not going to be as young as we imagine. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I keep, we're going to see thinking about that. like yeah. Buddy Robinson and Brett a Senny. little more veteran guys. Yeah, maybe mm -hmm. Brett Senny is a guy. Yeah, I mean Cole Gutman is a guy who might like you know. And there's might still prospects, there. but I think like it's going to be at whistle. It's going to be Reese Johnson. I, Dylan Secure has got a shot at making he's the NHL he, roster. He's a bubble guy. Yeah. Yeah. So like it might not be, you know, Taves Kane. And a bunch of kids. Yeah, this might be as veteran as they can make it, as they ease these kids up. And as frustrating as that might be as a fan, 
it's probably the right way to handle things. Mm -hmm. We need to get ourselves out of the mindset of instant gratification because when we look at Doc and Boquist and Yokoharu, all three of those guys had their career stunted by being rushed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and you look at what, you know, even even with uh, with a guy like Boquist, what he's what he did last season with Columbus in a role that kind of fit him more. Like he right. wasn't the number one guy. He was a, a middle pairing guy, offensive minded, played yep. played on the second power play unit and had a pretty decent season. But it took him, you know, a few years, a few seasons of kind of getting pushed around at the NHL level, trying to be a top four top pair defenseman well before he was prepared to do so here in Chicago before he actually was treated properly in the lineup where he needed to be and yeah I think you know the 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 rushing of prospects it's something that you know we 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 all get excited about you know oh third overall pick Kirby Doc he's big he's got all this skill like he should be able to translate right away it's not always the case. Dylan Strom was a third overall pick, and he toiled away with the Coyotes for a while before yep. getting a, a, a slight career resurgence with Chicago twice. Uh, and then, you know, I, I just think we we, we, repeat, we preach patience. Um, the team is preaching patience. And, yeah, I think with that in mind, it really does seem like as, as this, this training camp is going on, um, as and as this this roster is starting to kind of take shape, players that are going to be here, going to not be here, going to be in Rockford, going to be in juniors, whatever it is, um, you're starting to see some of the uh, you know potential guys coming through the the coming coming into frame. And yeah, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a very you know exciting roster with like oh we can watch this young guy develop and this young guy develop. It's going to kind of be like well here's the couple of the best players that we still have. And then here's a bunch of guys who may or may not be here in a year or two. And it's you're just kind of throwing out throwing something out there because the instant gratification that we're all wanting and hoping for is who they are tanking for this season. Is mm-hmm. who the, the the goal at the end of this season is the instant gratification in a guy like Connor Bedard, who uh, me me and Kevin were talking uh you know during the game uh, tonight kind of about, you know, players that could like actually jump in and make an immediate impact. And, and I said to Kevin, I was just like, Connor Bedard at 17 years old right now could probably play in the NHL and be just absolutely fine. And and not in a like Boquist, Yoki Haru fine, like in a, in a like, oh yeah, he might put up like 50 points. Yeah. Be, that blew <laughs> my be, mind, by the way. That blew my mind. Oh, absolutely. It. And so, and, and he's going to have this whole season to, to continue to develop, you know, on the ice, physical maturity, whatever. And whoever drafts him, uh, most likely first overall in June, hopefully Chicago, he will be on the opening night roster. You can bet on that. I'm playing a game here. Yes. I'm looking at the roster. <laughs> and I have 13 forwards. Okay. Ready? Athanasiu, mm-hmm. Blackwell, mm-hmm. Domi, and Whistle. Johnson, Johnson, Kane, Johnson, Johnson, <laughs> Kachuk, Kara, Kurashev, Ten. Lafferty, Radish, Robinson, that's, Taves. That's Is that bad. 14? Did I miscount? Uh, that's either 14 or I miscount. Did I name a single kid? 
Uh, no, not a kid. Younger guys. And Whistle, Kershev, they're 22, 23. I think that is your opening night. That sounds, yeah, that sounds right. It's not exciting, but it sounds right. I, you know who I'd really like to see start the year here? Slavin. Sure. I mean, but I know they're they're so valuing a Rockford season, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. Yeah. Right? Like, let these dudes play in meaningful games, and Slavin would be a huge part of that down there. He would be likely playing in the top six uh, forwards group, probably the number two center, I would say, if, if you know, just thinking off the top of my head of, of the roster that's in Rockford, but... Yeah, I think he would, he would be in, in a role like that, and and he would play meaningful minutes. He would play penalty kill, power play, but I mean he's he's a guy that's you know on on the bubble. He played a couple of games last season and didn't look so bad. Made made an impact on 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 the penalty kill, uh, and and you see it in this preseason. That's really where he's going to make a lot of uh, headway in being a NHL regular is being a guy who can be reliable on the penalty kill. And, and for some of these guys, uh, some of these prospects, sometimes the young guys have to figure out like, okay, what do I do best? What is my, what is my game best suited for at the NHL level? Like, like some of these, a lot of these guys have been as they've grown up and, and, and matured through their game the best players on their team, the most, you know, the, the, the player that the puck is always going to. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to, you know, the top junior leagues or the top college programs where you get to the AHL, everyone else has done that as well in their, in their young careers. So then they have to realize, okay, where do I fit in here? And when you get to the NHL level, sometimes these guys really have to hone in on one thing that they're really good at. And it might not be scoring 50 goals. It might be, you know what I can skate the hell out of uh, yep. yeah, I can skate really well and I can I can you know play tough minutes on the penalty kill and that's what's going to keep me in the NHL and Slavin I think is a guy that is has that ability and has the ability to recognize that and 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 hone in on that skill all right he is with us Greg Boyson from the United Center Luke Richardson kept him waiting <laughs> I hope you gave him a piece of your mind, Greg. Oh, muted? Can't hear you. Greg, are you muted? Yeah, he's still muted on his end. Are you muted? Oh, Come on, old, Grandpa. The old mute button. <laughs> Let's see here. It's the preseason for all of us. Yeah, That's we're, right. we're all working out, the, working out the kinks here. Yeah, we can go back to him in a little bit. Yeah, we'll we'll, yeah. we'll get that sorted we'll get out. That but yeah, I don't I don't mean to um, potentially steal any of Greg's thunder. But as we're talking about uh, roster moves and, and player movement here, uh, Blackhawks officially announcing a couple of roster moves. Jackson Stauber, goaltender, is headed to the Rockford Ice Hogs. Can you uh, hear me, Kevin? The following uh, following players have been released from their PTOs. That is defenseman Adam Clendenning and goaltender Dylan Wells. Both of them are signed. Both of those two are signed to AHL contracts, so they're going to the Ice Hogs. And Nolan Allen and Ethan Del Mastro have been sent to their junior teams. Ah, Del Mastro looked good tonight, man. He that kid. We He's I good. said it before. He is NHL strong right now. Yep. All right, Greg's there. Hi, Greg. Hello, boys. All right. Here we are. What do we learn? What happened? What happened? Um, we learned that preseason hockey is difficult to watch at times, and uh, the sun comes up tomorrow. Um, 
Yes, there was a little delay in the in the presser because of Luke Richardson was crushing the dreams of young men, uh, uh. sending them back to the minors. And so the worst part of the job, as he said uh, this morning, he says uh, it sucks even for the guys that know that you know it's not in the cards this year. It's still hard to give them that news. So, uh, but overall, uh, a fairly positive game, I can say. Like at least for. There were some things to take away. Alex Stalock for 40 minutes played really good. Uh, Luke Richardson said that it was a good confidence builder for a guy that barely played any hockey yeah. in, a, in the last year. So it's good for him to get uh, some confidence rolling. I really don't think you can – you can't really pin too many of those goals on him. That third one you might say he should have had, but it looked like uh, maybe – looking at it a second time, it looks like maybe – Raymond kind of duffed that shot so it didn't get to him as fast as he thought it was going to get there, fooled him with the old changeup. Uh, and But the other two, the first two goals were both products of the Blackhawks not able to get the puck out of the zone. And uh, Luke Richardson talked about that and said, tonight was a prime example of why we want to stay out of our own end as, as much as possible and get the puck out quickly and move the puck up ice because when you stay hemmed in your own end for long periods of time, eventually you get tired you have lapses, you have mistakes, and the goal, the puck is in your own net, and that's what we saw tonight. Yeah, we were talking, you and I at the game, and, and Mario and I on the show, sort of saying, like, this is what Hawks fans should get used to seeing. You know, you'll see them compete really hard, play really hard, and then just either not have the firepower or run out of gas from trying to stay in the game. I think this was a pretty good example of what a lot of Hawks games will look like this year. Yeah, and it's what we saw Tuesday night against the Blues, too. Yeah. It was a lot of the same thing. It was, you were there for 40 minutes, and then in the third minute, in the third period, those little mistakes, all of a sudden you can't get away with them anymore. The Hawks don't have the talent currently on this roster to get away with making the same mistake more than once. and It's going to bite them more times than not, and we saw that tonight, but... I know. Besides the stay lag, I think the, 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 another very positive thing to take out of this game was how good the penalty kill was. Um, we were seeing that aggressive style with um, that Luke Richardson wants to play. You're seeing the pressure up at the top of the blue line. That first kill, Isaac Phillips made a really nice play reading a pass right at the blue line, got it out of the zone, and that led to Josiah Slavin doing what he does best, and that's forechecking. Uh, shorthanded and keeping the puck down at their end of the ice for a long period of time. And, and Reese, Reese Johnson was very noticeable on the PK coming out into the neutral zone. You know, Luke Richardson said skill, skill players want room on the ice to make plays. And if we don't give it to them, they get very uncomfortable and they can't make those plays. So that was the best looking the PK has looked so far in the preseason. And uh, I think that's, that's a plus going forward. It's going to be a different approach. Uh, and there's going to be times where maybe that aggressiveness, um, you know, maybe getting a little too aggressive and all of a sudden it's behind your goalie. But for the most part, I, I like what I've seen on that PK so far. Yeah. Detroit over four on the power play uh, and uh, not a ton of great chances on, on them either. The Hawks doing a good job on the PK. Do we have injury updates on either Boris Kachuk or Reese Johnson? Yes. Uh, Reese Johnson is fine. Uh, he, Richardson said he was actually more upset at the referee for missing the call and he was hurt. Um, so, and Johnson had a very noticeable game. He was getting and mixing it up. He gave David Perron a shot after the whistle. Uh, 
Good. In front of the net. Punt yeah, whack. He earned uh, brownie points there for sure. And um, <laughs> Kachuk is uh, going to be reevaluated in the morning. He didn't have an update. Didn't sound great. He wasn't exactly sure what the nature of it was. He thought it was from a slash. Uh, the shift before he actually uh, left the ice. So he got hurt, then took another shift, was laboring in that shift, took a big hit too on that shift, and then left the ice. So uh, he said that Boris has a very high threshold for pain, so him leaving the game is not a good sign. So uh, we'll get hopefully get an update on that in the morning when he gets reevaluated by team doctors. Uh, you told me a little story about the pregame today. About Jonathan yeah. Taze and Patrick Sharp, can you? I don't. I. I was. I, there were so many chances I wanted to talk about it because our buddy No Roids Just Rage said Taze was looking frustrated already. Sorry to say it. Uh, at least before the game, he seemed to be in decent spirits. What did you see? Yeah, you know, Taze talked to us after the game, and it was a, you know, typical Jonathan Taze presser. You know, everything. Riveting. Yeah, I mean, he always sounds like you know it's the end of the world. So that's who he is, but you, you got to see a side of him this morning. And I caught it. Patrick Sharp showed up to morning skate after the team was already on the ice and Jonathan Tate saw him from the ice and kind of waved and, and, and Sharp kind of like did a little raise the roof sign to him. So he came over to the glass, Tate did and like mimicked that he was blowing like to fog up the glass and did like a little heart sign on the glass towards him. I thought that was real <laughs> kind of funny. It was, it was nice to see some like, you know, Hey, he's not a hockey robot 24 hours a day. He can uh, smile and have a lighthearted moment. So that was fun to see. Obviously, um, you know, being part of those teams is, is a special bond with those guys. And, uh, but uh, how, how was, uh, how was Sharpie on the broadcast? I've heard good things. Yeah, I mean, he was he was really good. I mean, he's obviously he's done it before a few times, but um, this will be the first opportunity to do it with some regularity. And yeah, it just really just seemed natural. Um, doesn't see you know, watching the game. You know, we talk about how missing Eddie Olchek is 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 going to be tough for Chris Vosters. Is going to be tough for fans watching the game. Um, with Troy Murray and with Patrick Sharp, it really feels like the knowledge of the game, you're not going to lose anything there. Those are two of the guys in, in, in NHL in the NHL that have that have done everything, experienced everything um, and, and are going to be able to to talk it out in, in a broadcast format to where fans can ingest it and understand what's what's going on. What I think is is great for Sharp is that he, he does it and it seems so effortless. Like he just seems like he just shows up and is just like, yeah, I'm just doing this thing now. Like this is, this is what I do. Like I used to play hockey. Now I talk about hockey. Like it just seems like he has that, that, that energy that he brings to it where it's not too high, but it's also like, you, you know that he's taking it seriously, but in a way that is still like relatable and un, and enjoyable for that matter. Um, you know, I was, I was really happy with, uh, with his first uh, broadcast of the season and, yeah, I mean, it's going to take time for, for him and Vosters and, and Colby Cohen to, to get some, you know, chemistry. But it already seemed like they were able to, um, you know, have have good conversations, good analytical conversations, and also conversations where you can be like, that's a funny story. Uh, shared a trip to the men's room with um, Chris and and Sharpie today before the game. And, Highlight uh, of the year. They were joking about um, 
you know, having Vosters drop the puck in Milwaukee because he's a Wisconsin guy. <laughs> and and Sharp said, do not leave me in the booth alone. <laughs> so I, I thought that was funny. And you could sense, like, a little bit of nerves from Sharpie, like, in the hallway, in the concourse. And knowing the intermissions, he kind of, like, walked out of the booth to just catch his breath a little bit. It is scary. I know, like, I've never called an NHL game, but, like, we've been on the air before. Mm-hmm. I've been on radio and Stanley Cups have been one. It is scary to do that. No matter how much experience you have, yeah. those good I still get nervous before we go on. It just <laughs> it never goes away. You know, yeah. it's live. Live is live. So um it's good to see that he was so good. I got here for the third and I would not shut up. I kept I had a lot to tell Mario today. <laughs> so I just I missed a lot of the third period broadcast uh, audio. Um, but everyone seems really happy with the broadcast today. Which is great news. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. So I, I had a I had a fanboy moment with with Patrick Sharp this morning too while leaving uh, the post morning skate pressers was walking up to the elevator and he was standing in the hallway talking with Chris Vosters and Colby Cole and I'm sure planning out their great broadcast tonight and he says hey buddy how you doing I'm like oh my god Patrick Sharp just called me buddy I had no, my weekend is made <laughs> like it was total like yeah I was like all right I get it now I get it. <laughs> yeah it's, yeah it's, it was, cool. it's cool to see him around he, uh, you talk yeah. about like guys who look like they can still play um greg we both saw rotisserie chelios today walking around <laughs> uh the press box and he looks like he can still play uh looks, patrick sharp looks, too he looks, like a, he looks like a baseball mitt but he also looks like he could still play 20 minutes <laughs> yes he does yes looks he good. does but i think good. he knows it too you know, he he's, care. he's beyond <laughs> caring at this point. He's Chris F. and Jelly. Let's deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. He won. He won. He won at life yeah. and, and we did not. Uh, all right. Should we get to our four stars and let you go? Sure. All right. Do I have to go first again? Is this the thing we're doing now all the time? Yeah. We go in the order of the car- of the caricatures. Oh, then. <laughs> well, well, there, there they are. are. <laughs> there <laughs> are. <laughs> I'm going to go with Jujar Kara. Uh for many reasons, led the team in shots today at last check. I've just been really impressed with his preseason in general and with his practices. He looks a step faster. You can tell that he has been working his ass off to return to hockey uh, and looks really, really in shape. Um, He has been very noticeable in front of the net. He's got a lot of patience. And I think this year, as we earlier sort of projecting the roster, it's going to be more veteran-laden than we probably expect. Uh, he's going to get some decent opportunity, maybe some power play time for Jujar Kara. And I think he's got a little more skill than he gets credit for. Liked his game tonight. I liked what I've seen from him so far this year. So he gets an honorary uh, fourth star of the game uh, for me. By the way, the actual three stars tonight were uh, number three, Moritz Sider, uh, number two, uh, Jacob Verana, and number one, Lucas Raymond. So the, all three were Red Wings. So uh, all the Hawks are available. Yeah, all the Hawks are available. Yeah, I mean, with with Kara, I'm I'm just happy that he is healthy enough to be on the ice and and yeah, confident enough that he's able to go out there and play his game. Uh, it's great to see. Greg, you're up. Yeah, well, for 40 minutes, Alex Stalock was the number one star of the game, but then they had that rough third period. But I'm going to give my shout out to Boris Kachuk. Unfortunately, his night ended with an injury, but uh, he was a guy that we talked about Tuesday night when we were here for the Blues game about, man, like, oh, there he is. We didn't notice him. And, and for a guy that shouldn't be guaranteed a roster spot, he needed to come out and play better. And he was very noticeable, especially in that first period, first shift of the game. 
He's made, he's on the forecheck. He's taking out guys behind the net. Second shift, he uses his forecheck again and creates a scoring chance from within five feet. Had a few hits. He was all over the ice. He played his game, the game that we saw those first few games after the trade from Tampa that we saw from him. We were like, hey, this guy could be a, a, an effective fourth liner. And then it kind of faded in and out. We didn't see it at all in the first preseason game. But he stepped it up and he played. He played exactly what we want to see from him, and that's encouraging going forward. But he needs to do that every night. Now, hopefully, he's okay. We don't know what kind of injury, but you know, when he is healthy and back in the lineup, that's what he needs to do every night. Otherwise, he's just a guy. But tonight, he was effective, and, and hats off to him. Hopefully, he's okay. Yeah, I mentioned it with Mario. He he did look really good and had a great bounce back from the Blues game. Uh, maybe the fact that he took a shift. And then realize, like, okay, this is worse than I thought. Maybe that, hopefully that's a good sign. Don't want to speculate, obviously. Right. Uh, and hopefully they got better doctors than the Miami Dolphins. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, it was really encouraging to see, especially in the first. He mm-hmm. was all over the place. Laying, I mean, laying checks that were rattling the boards and tying up sticks and lifting sticks and generating scoring chances. That's what you want to see. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that he's okay because... Yeah. Man, that would be rough to, you know, you talk about, like, the mental health toll. You have your best period of the uh, preseason, and all of a sudden you're hurt, and you're, it's, done. you're all downhill. That sucks. So hopefully uh, yeah, so hopefully he's all right. Hopefully not too bad, yeah. And, uh, yeah, my my selection was uh, someone off the ice. But, uh, yeah, Patrick Sharp, welcome back. Welcome back to the uh, to the team, to the booth. Uh, like we just, just mentioned, it really seemed like a, uh, you know, a seamless – transition for him to uh to to be the the color analyst i think he did a great job i think a lot of fans are happy that he's in that role uh even if it is just for um half of the games but uh yeah i think i think he's going to do a good job uh, like i said i think him and, and chris are uh it's going to take some time but i think they're gonna you know they're gonna hit their stride and uh, and chris too you know he's he's, yeah. he's 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 he brings the energy no matter if it's a preseason game regular season game uh, or if it's Big Ten volleyball, like he brings the energy. So uh, he he sounded pretty good today. Um, so yeah, Patrick Sharp, he's he's the fourth star. I think my my fourth star on uh, Wednesday night was Dylan Secura. So I'm I'm going with the welcome back theme. I think there you uh, go. I was gonna give it to Adam Clendenny, but he just got sent down. So uh, uh, well, it's he might come I back. Had, I had that one in the back pocket. Greg, are people having uh, fights with plates behind you? Like, is there a <laughs> no, uh, Greek are, wedding happening? They are Charlie getting engaged. Ice. There's forklifts and 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 metal plates and yes they are they are making way for something else besides ice behind me. Totally be careful on the chin and neck area. Is Harry Styles starting his month long uh, stay? Uh, I think actually Iron Maiden is here first. I think that's like so two they weeks out. Set up for uh, Eddie. Hey, first. Iron Maiden, nice. Oh, but yeah. I do have to say with Patrick Sharp hanging around now, uh, and I'm not you know I don't. I'm not contributing to this myself, but I do have to say that the uh, Blackhawks might have the most handsome overall media core uh, up in the press box across the NHL. Uh, <laughs> you know, anytime you get Sharpie, you automatically go from like a You're, six yeah. and a half to a nine. It's a, but it's I drag it down boost. a point and a half. But overall, we're a pretty good looking <laughs> bunch up here. Hey, don't get my wife started on Troy Murray. My wife has the biggest crush on Troy Murray. Always has, and uh, anytime he he comes up, she's like, he's hot. I'm like, (laughs) stop it. Stop that. Because eventually, the way I operate, 
is at some point, Hope and Troy are going to be in the same room together, and I'm going to say something oh. <laughs> and make it real uncomfortable for everybody. There you go. Because I love to do that. It's my favorite <laughs> thing to do. All right, Greg. Uh, safe journeys. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow in Miliwake, which is Algonquin for the good land. Uh, if you're going up to uh, Milwaukee for the game tomorrow, we're going to be in the Deer District. We'll be tweeting out exactly where we're at, so make sure you're we'll following. Drop a pin. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll let you know where to find us. But come say hi. We'll probably be out there for like between four and six, uh, just hanging out, taking in the scenery and all that stuff. And uh, come say hello. It's gonna be fun. Can't wait to see you up there, boys. All right, dude. Have a good night. Yeah, Thank Greg. you. All right, Greg Boyson, live from the United Center. That's what the post game looks like. If you're new to CHGO Blackhawks, if you joined us in the summer, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is what every post game show is going to be. Home games, Mario or Greg will be reporting from each of them uh, with fresh, you know, press conference news. So uh, this is what this, it's going to be. Great. It's going to be a fun season. Yep, it's going to be long. There's going to be some losses. Yeah, we got a lot of losses. But it's going to be, uh, the post games will be fun. We promise to keep you entertained. And if you missed it this week, our uh, rebuild reports got published yes. on allchgo.com. This is a project that Mario and Greg are tag teaming, keeping track of all the all the prospects the Blackhawks have. If you're not already a member at allchgo.com, now is the perfect time. The Bears are underway the Hawks are started. The Bulls are about to start. All the winter sports are coming back. Go to allchgo.com. Become a member. You'll get a free T-shirt, some of the dope merch we've got oh, on yeah. our website. Uh, you see the t-shirt. CHGO Blackhawks shirt there. We've got the Justin Fields uh, sliding through the water design oh, yeah. there. If you ordered one of those, they just started shipping out, so they, you should be you getting should those be getting soon. Them. Yes. Uh, and I know we've got some really cool Hawks designs in the works, including uh, Marion Hosa design or two yeah, in preparation for his retirement. So uh, join allchgo.com. Join our community. That's what we're trying to do here. Not only do you get a free T-shirt, you get access to all of our great written content, access to our Discord. We're during uh, a lot of the road games. We'll be sort of live tweeting along in the Discord, answering your questions. So it's great. It's a wonderful value. All of our... Um, Written pieces are ad-free. You're not going to have to deal with pop-ups and audio playing from God knows where. It's nice and clean. Totally worth the investment. And really, if you love what we're doing here, it is a great way to help us out. It keeps us going. It keeps us sustained mm-hmm. and keeps CHGO here for you uh, throughout, hopefully, the next couple decades. Throughout the ends of time. till I die of natural causes on this set. <laughs> That's the goal. That's the goal. Just that. Jay, <laughs> just wheel me off. I'll need another. Just dump me off the. Just dump me off the balcony. <laughs> yeah. Dark guy, I'll get yeah, me. Yeah, dark guy, he'll he'll be on cleanup duty. Yeah. So hey, if that's how I go out, I'll go out a happy man. So that, anyway, yeah. if you're in the YouTube now, smash that like button if you've not already. If you're listening on the traditional podcast, really want to help us out? A five star Apple Podcast review goes a really really long way hit that fi- hit those five stars say hey great hawks coverage guys thanks boom whatever it takes two sentences but those five star reviews help out big time so if you don't have the money to throw at us for allchgo.com five star reviews any podcast you love mm-hmm. send them some love 
on the Apple Podcast reviews. All right. I want to note for, yes. note for tomorrow. So we will not be doing a post-game show tomorrow Correct. night after yes. the game in Milwaukee. Uh, Monday's show will serve as a, a bit of a post-game for that. Right. Uh, we'll I'll probably also have some other things to talk about. Um, I did want to mention uh, from our friend Ben Pope uh, in his, uh, his piece today from the Chicago Sun-Times, uh, talked to... Uh, some residents in Milwaukee that um, are, are excited for the Blackhawks to be there uh, playing the game at the Pfizer Forum tomorrow against the Minnesota Wild. Some interesting notes from Ben uh, in, in, that, um, in that piece. Uh, besides the season ticket holders for the Blackhawks and the Milwaukee Bucks, who had first access to tickets, uh, 81% of the uh, general population ticket sales Wisconsin residents. Cool. And uh, I believe the number was 11% uh, Illinois residents. So, you know, we, we were talking uh, earlier this week about, you know, what was going to be the reception for the game. Was it just going to be a bunch of people from Illinois and Chicago coming up and, and watching the game? It seems like Wisconsin Wisconsin Hawks fans are, are going to come out in droves. That's great. Uh, which is going to be uh, a, a lot of uh, a lot of fun to see. And, again, if you're out there in the, in the Milwaukee tomorrow in the Deer District, uh, come and say hi. We'll be out there. We'll be uh, uh, hanging out, enjoying the uh, the the Deer District and uh, all the fun offerings that it uh, that it provides. The other thing that was interesting uh, from Ben is that the Blackhawks are looking to make a uh, home preseason game at a at a different location uh, a thing. And some some cities that were mentioned were South Bend. Uh, and Rockford, and was Indianapolis? I, Indianapolis I think it might have been Indianapolis. Yeah. So uh, something to uh, to keep an eye on for future uh, preseason games in uh, non-Chicago markets, but still Blackhawks adjacent, obviously, uh, with the Indy Fuel in Indianapolis, Rockford Icehawks in Rockford, uh, and South Bend, not too far away. We'll, we'll actually be going to mm-hmm. South Bend in November to watch some of the uh, Blackhawks prospects. So, Can't wait. Yeah, I just wanted to make those notes about uh, tomorrow's game, and yeah, looks, looking forward to it. Yes, thank you. I forgot to do that, so no, no thank you for uh, jumping on that before we wrapped up. All right, we're done. We're good. We're done. Good to go. All right, we nothing lost. We're done. We're out. Yeah. Here. Thanks to Kevin <laughs> for running the show today. We appreciate it. Thank you all for staying up late with us. We'll talk to you Monday, one thirty, from right here at the CHGO studios. For Mario, who's right there, and Greg, who's driving somewhere. I'm Jay. <laughs> this has been the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. <laughs>